Hello, Business Wilderness listeners. I firstly want to thank you all for being such amazing listeners and followers of the show. Secondly, I have a very small request from you guys. I'd love it if you guys could leave us a review and leave us some feedback on iTunes. It will absolutely help us improve the show and produce a better show week in, week out. Thank you once again for being such amazing listeners. You are listening to The Business Wilderness, the voice of entrepreneurs. Welcome to the Business Wilderness. My name is Ahmed Alhuli and today I have a very special guest with me, Miss Megan Flamer. Megan, how are you? Yeah, I'm really well. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on the Business Wilderness. Um, Taking it back in time, where did it all begin for you, Megan? Uh, I'm from Perth originally. Um, I don't know, you know, I had a pretty normal upbringing. Both of my parents are... um, from overseas, so my father is from Sri Lanka and my mum is Slovenian. She was born in a refugee camp just north of Perth. And uh, yeah, as, as long as I can remember, I always wanted to go traveling. So when I went to university, I studied to be a broadcast journalist and then went traveling with that. So I worked for the ABC for a long time, uh, over 12 years, mainly radio, TV, journalism. Uh, and I was based out of Thailand, um, mainly out of Bangkok for about five years, um, working both as a journalist, but also, um, had my own company that ran retreats like wellness retreats, mindfulness, um, running corporate retreats and programs. Uh, and then moved to San Francisco, uh, just over four years ago now, um, to build a mindfulness app and to, uh, work on a team building company. and went over for what I thought would maybe be six to 12 months and then four years later I was still there. So wow. I've just moved back to Australia. Welcome back. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Sam Fran, tell me a bit about your journey. You said you, you were meant to be there for six to 12 months or you thought you would be. Yeah. Four years, that means it would have been action packed. Yeah, it was, it was very interesting. I always say that San Francisco is a very heady place. Like it's full of amazing ideas and people who are doing amazing things, like very interesting, amazing projects. So for example, someone introduced me to someone who's building infrastructure for the moon. You know, that's just, that's her job. You know, she just worked for NASA for a while and now she's building infrastructure for the moon, which is mind blowing to me. And people who are building the kinds of products that we use every day, you know, everything from Facebook and Google and um, Gmail and, you know, Waze, Uber, you know, all of those products that we end up using even here in Australia, a lot of those are created and built and developed in San Francisco and Silicon Valley. Awesome. Um, has, is that app still exist? Where's that at? Yeah. What are you done with it? Tell, tell us yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was for a company that does team building. Um, yeah, they had an already existing tech product and I designed all of the content and the program for it. So. Um, yeah, it still exists and it's, uh, you know, they, they run it for corporate retreats basically. So people will hire them to come in and, and run a program and yeah, have a good time with it. But in, 
in there other programs that often involves like drinking and partying and running around that sort of thing and for the one that I designed it's all about connecting and good communication and being as mindful as possible wow nice yeah awesome um so you're back home now you're in Sydney yes yeah okay awesome <laughs> I've what never is, lived in Sydney before, so wow, it's very new. Different, yeah. busy, yeah. busy. Yeah. Um, what are you What are you currently doing? So I currently work uh, for a company called Blue Chili. I'm their newest program director, and I've been hired by Blue Chili to run a program called Accelerate. And Accelerate is a partnership between Blue Chili and Coca Cola Amatol. Not Coca Cola, but Coca Cola Amatol, which is um, run out of Australia, New Zealand, uh, parts of Asia, and um, the Pacific. And it's more of a, a logistics company in a lot of ways um, and distribution. Um, and they have a huge portfolio of goods. So it's not, everyone keeps saying like, oh, it's all Coca-Cola. And I'm like, actually, they have a lot of amazing different things. Anyway, they, they designed this program. They wanted to do this program because they're trying to find ways beyond their core business to make an impact in the world. They have a lot of uh, ideas around what they want to do in, in terms of sustainability, um, you know, diminishing their waste uh, and the waste that is in the world, um, looking at how they make an impact around logistics and distribution. But they obviously already have a company that, that does all of those things. So they've hired Blue Chili to help them find new businesses, ostensibly startups, that can solve some of those problems. And that's where Accelerate comes in. So. We are looking for early stage startups, startups that haven't even been built yet, what we call napkin ideas um, that people are really excited to found and create. And we're looking to fund 15 of those ideas across Australia and New Zealand. Amazing. And what, yeah. and what are some of the things that you guys are looking for in, in these startups? Yeah. So, I mean, really, they just need to be amazing tech ideas. That's where we're starting with it. We're like, do you have a great idea? Can we scale it? So it needs to be something that we can invest in and something that we can scale on a global level, which means we can't really like build a bunch of new bottles or, you know, those kinds of things. But um, we can create, you know, hundreds of thousands of apps or, you know, an app that can be used by a million people. Um, so we are, yeah, looking for just interesting tech ideas, but ideally that make a difference in the world of logistics, in the world of sustainability, in the world of health and well-being, human connection, and especially customer experience, because so much of what Coca-Cola Amatol is committed to is around customer experience and delighting their customers and delighting people. They always talk about creating a million moments of possibility and happiness, which is like, I think a really beautiful idea. Um, so yeah, just looking at, at how we can exponentially create more of that in the world um, through um, developing businesses. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so you're... One of the most common problems we come across dealing with our digital marketing clients week in, week out is they have a social media following but they don't know how to monetize and engage their following. Well, the business wilderness can absolutely help you guys monetize and engage your audience week in, week out. We have done so from organizations that employ 50 people, 100 people, 200 people. We can absolutely help you and guide you through the process of building an engaged following and a following that you could monetize from. If you are interested, please visit our page www.businesswilderness.com forward slash free console. 
or send through an email to me personally at Ahmed, A-H-M-A-D, at businesswilderness.com. Back to the show. You've been heavily involved in the startup scene here, overseas, uh, so that's considered as the mecca of startup, San Fran. Yeah. Um, what are some of the patterns and trends that you've seen um, really evolve over time? And where is the scene going here now? Like, well, where do you see it move, moving towards? Yeah, Ooh, that's a big question. <laughs> oh man, I don't know that I'm the right person to answer that, but I, I, what I'm interested in um, and where I'm interested in seeing um, technology move is actually more in a human direction. So a lot of the projects that I worked on in San Francisco were around how to humanize products, how to make them more user-friendly, how to make them more connective. So I know that we have a lot of things like games, for example, or um, you know, things that you rely on your phone or your iPad for. Um, and those are amazing and they make your life easier, but sometimes it means that you're like sucked inside a screen. Mm -hmm. So some of the projects I was working on are around how do you stop yourself from using your phone and technology so much? Or what are some of the ways that you can use technology to actually connect better with people and connect more beautifully with people? And how can you create things that, that enhance that experience rather than disconnect you? from people because I think phones and technology are kind of here to stay but we need to be able to interact with them in a mindful way and we need to be able to interact with them in a way that does connect us I mean we talk about how lonely people are and we talk about that sense of disconnection we talk about depression a lot um, those are things that I was definitely dealing with all the time when I was in San Francisco um, and coaching and counseling a lot of people who are dealing with technology and, and the repercussions of that you know can be really detrimental to people. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the fact that people are waking up to this. And I mean, we've just given a talk about how to be well and, and how to manage your well-being as a founder. Like I think those things are so important um, to, to look at in how you're building your company, but also how you're building your products and being really responsible about the products that you put out into the world. I must say, I have to agree with you. I think that's, that part is currently missing. Yeah. Even though we are selling to, to humans, our services have been accommodated um, by humans, they're being sold to humans, they're going to be used by humans. I think many organisations are quite missing that point where the, the personalised, or so I should say, sorry, the humanisation of the product is missing. Mm -hmm. And that's where, I mean, services or companies like Amazon are winning because they know what, what their consumer wants yeah. and they're, they're delivering. Yeah. Even though it's a bit different with what we're currently talking about. But if you relate the human aspect and the consumer journey in every single step of your processes, you, you can't go wrong. Yeah. And that's where the bottom tier companies and the high tier companies are sort of really seeing that, we're really seeing that difference between the two. Mm. Those that are considering humans are really winning, really considering, not just talking yes. about it. Yeah, so, anyway. I, think, I think that's what we're looking for with Accelerate. Like exactly <laughs> that. Like looking at every single little piece of the consumer journey and looking at every little piece of, of how you interact with a customer and what that looks like. Um, and then looking at how do you delight a customer? How do you make that piece of the journey amazing? How do you use technology to make it a more human experience or make it a more connective experience or make it easier 
I mean, Amazon wins all the time because it's so easy. Even being back in Australia now, you know, I had an Amazon Prime account, for example, in San Francisco, and you could get almost anything delivered in a couple of hours. It was, you know, maybe it's not the most uh, environmentally friendly way to live, but it was very addictive, I can tell you that. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And it's almost hard to be back in Australia and be like, oh, wait, I can't buy these thousands of things, you know, on Amazon. I need to go out and actually be out in the world. You know, maybe that is a better way to live, but we can look at ways to have both of those experiences. Surely, especially in Australia and New Zealand, I think we now have an opportunity to have our cake and eat it too, in that we can see what's happened in Silicon Valley and we can try and figure out how to do it better. It's a very good way uh of looking at things instead of thinking they're always ahead, you learn from their mistakes and then make them here. Yeah. Like that. That's the plan anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's, let's talk a bit about, about the journey. If you could go back in time, mm-hmm. all right, let's say you go back in time, what's three things you would change or do differently? Or if any, some people yeah. won't. See, I'm, I'm a big one for for looking at where I'm at now and knowing that I'm only here at this moment right now because everything went the way that it went. So there are a bunch of things that I look back at and think, oh man, I I did a bad job with that or I could have done better here or I wish I had known this, that or the other. Um, But I wouldn't be sitting here right now if I hadn't made a lot of those mistakes. So for example, you know, um, I wasn't working with startups. I was working a lot with digital media uh, when I moved to Bangkok, I was working sort of one part as a journalist and also as a writer. Um, I was teaching yoga as a sideline. I mean, I did my yoga teacher training in 2006 because I was interested in yoga. I was one of those annoying yeah. students who stayed after class and asked the teacher lots of questions. They were like, you should just do a teacher training. Like, just leave me alone. Stop asking questions. So I did that, you know, which I, and I was working full time as a journalist at the time. You know, I probably had no business learning to be a yoga teacher, but being a yoga teacher, ironically, is kind of what led me into tech. And then tech is what's led me into coaching founders. Um, It led me into self-development and coaching work. Um, And it's also what led me to San Francisco and to learning that. And now I'm really excited because I feel like this is probably the first job that I've had where I've really married all of these pieces of myself together. You know, I get to be a journalist in that I'm interviewing people and doing loads of research. I get to be a coach and I help people with their development, both of their company and personally. And I get to be this cheerleader and this teacher to do it. And then, you know, project management as well. Like I get to manage the whole piece of it and, and put it out into the world. So, you know, it's, it's all of these pieces that even two or three years ago, I would have been like, oh man, what am I doing? Like, is this matching, you know, where I want to go in my life and what I really want to be doing? And one of the best things about working with startups and working with technology is that it's changing all the time. So your ability to be agile and to change and to pivot and, you know, adapt. Exactly. Like to be able to do that quickly is suddenly a great asset. So whereas before it was like, I think my parents were a little bit like, can you just settle down already and like stop changing and trying to figure out where you want to live. And I've definitely lived all over the world now. (laughs) I've worked with a lot of different places. Yeah. The keyword. Always, everyone uses stability, find some stability. Yeah, and I feel like in startups, stability is is almost a disadvantage. Like being able to pivot and and be adaptable really does make a difference. And it it means you can also just in real time 
make new decisions, you can be resilient and you can shake things off and start again as many times as you need to. You sort of have to almost learn quickly, implement quickly and adapt to... Fail fast. Exactly. We always say fail fast. Do you you believe that the biggest lessons and the most important lessons you've learned in your life have come from failures? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I have an interesting thing around even calling it failure, maybe. Um, experience? Yeah, like I just think it's all, they're all experiences. There's this old, I'm, I'm going to go all yoga teacher on you right now, but oh. there's, this, there's this old story um, that a yoga teacher of mine used to tell me that was about um, a man in, in ancient China, that's how the story goes. Um, his, his uh, horses all ran away, the sun left the gate open. And, um, and everyone in the village said to this old man, oh, that's, that's really unlucky. And he said, oh, we'll see. And then all of the horses went out into the hills and ended up mating with all these wild horses and brought back even more horses back to the farm to eat for the winter. So they ended up with double the amount of horses. And everyone was like, oh, that's so lucky. And the old man said, oh, we'll see. And then his son was riding one of the horses and he was thrown off the horse and he broke his leg. And everyone in the village said, oh, that's so unlucky. And the old man said, we'll see. We'll see. And then the army came past and it was conscripting all of the able-bodied young men to take them away to war. And they knew that all these young men were going to die at the war. It was like a hopeless wow. case. But because his son had broken his leg, he couldn't be taken away to war. And everyone in the village said, oh, that's so lucky. And the old man said, we'll see. We'll see. So things happen. You break your leg. You end up with fewer horses. You end up with more horses. Something happens, you have a great company, the company fails. There are so many things that happen in your life that will bring you to the moment that you're at, but it's not the end. So I think you're always learning, you're always changing, you're always being able to have new experiences and new interesting experiences. And I think it is always a case of we'll see. Like, we'll see. I feel stoked right now to have come back to Australia and to be working in this case, you know, and to be working on. Um, what Blue Chili is creating and, and what Accelerate is creating and, and we'll see, like, you know, we're going to do see. the best that we can with, with the, um, you know, the resources and the ideas that we have and then we're going to learn how to do it better. Um, and then, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned, like, this will be an amazing year and then the next year will be even better because we're going to learn and, and adapt. We'll see. Yeah, and we'll see. <laughs> All right, awesome. And on that, we'll finish. Thank you very much. Yeah, of course. It's been an absolute pleasure. Insightful chat. Um, before I let you go, where, where can we find you online? Yeah, sure. So, um, Amatil Accelerate, and that's spelled X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E. Yeah, you need to put it up. It's not spelled Accelerate the normal way, but Amatil Accelerate is the program. And applications close on May 15, so that's coming up. On what do we Monday. have to, what we, today is the 8th? It's the 8th today, yes. Oh, awesome. So it's the 8th today. So you've got just under a week to get your applications in. And I should point out as well, you don't have to know how to build the thing. We'll build the tech for you. Wow. So That's... if you have a great idea and you're not quite sure how to do it. You're, you're spoiling them a bit. I know, we are. We're offering funding, we're offering all the expertise and we're offering a full tech build for this one. So wow. it's definitely it's definitely worth at least throwing your hat in the ring. So yeah, awesome. apply before Monday. Awesome. Megan Flamer, thank you very much for joining me on the Business Wilderness. It was my pleasure. Thank you.
You are listening to the Business Wilderness, the voice of entrepreneurs.